Methodologically, memorization makes so much sense when you include it in the context of games. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Director of Marketing. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. So every now and then at IEW, I'm ready to do a podcast and I don't have anybody to talk to because Andrew is out traveling and this is that very moment. We call these When Andrew's Away podcast and generally what I do is grab one of our staff members that maybe you have not heard from before and just get a little peek behind the scenes of what they do here at IEW, what their interests are, those kind of tidbits of wisdom that they can share with us. Well, today we have Nathan King. Hi, Nathan. Hello. So if you are a ardent follower of the Arts of Language podcast, you may know that I've already done this. I've already had a conversation with Nathan King. Why are you talking to him again, Julie? Well, it's because Nathan had an opportunity recently to speak at a homeschool convention on the topic of memorization And I just thought it would be great to have him in here to talk about that specifically. But before we talk about that, I want to just ask you, Nathan, to give a little background about what you did before you worked for IEW. Sure. So I've been working for IEW for a little over two years now, I guess two and a half years. Prior to that, I was a youth pastor in Kansas, and um, I was there for about 13 years. And during that time, I got exposed to, uh, of course, a tremendous amount of, of experiences and, and uh, that, that come with ministry. But I also was profoundly impacted by Classical Conversations, one of our, our company friends of IEW. And in the process of that, of that interaction, I came to understand and appreciate the classical methodology of instruction. Now, there's a lot of different ways you can talk about classical, certainly. And Andrew uh, has a talk on that. He a does, A classical indeed. approach in a modern world. We'll be sure and put a link on the show notes for that. You probably hadn't had heard that talk when you was first introduced to classical conversations. Correct. At that mm-hmm. time, I had not. Um, I, I actually became friends with IEW because of classical conversations, and then, then it, we developed into uh, a working relationship, certainly. But uh, I, I appreciated that that methodology so much because it made so much sense to me. And of course, that actually begins with memorization. And so that's kind of our our topic for today. Right. And I do want to segue just for a moment to talk about the entrepreneurial spirit that is in our company. And of course, it starts at the very top. Andrew probably has a dozen companies right now that he is either advising on or actually runs. And IEW, Hopefully, we still are the apple of his eye, and he's paying attention to us more than some of these other ones. But let me just give you a short rundown of some of the entrepreneurial exploits that are happening at IEW. Our video team 
has a podcast called The Department of Wizardry. So this has just been launched, and it's been really fun to listen to. Um, We have uh, also in our IT department a gentleman who roasts and sells fair trade organic coffee uh, called War Eagle Coffee. And then we also have a young upstart who actually happens to be Andrew's son, and he has a company called Pure Cane Juicery, making fresh squeezed juice from sugar cane. And then we have a couple of essential oils consultants. Actually, I think Andrew is a rep for both doTERRA and Young Living. So both just, of them. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and then, you know, just lots of things. But you yourself, while you were a youth pastor and while you were actually an essentials tutor for classical conversations, you developed a curriculum for Bible. Yeah, it's called Bible Quest. Mm-hmm. And we saw a tremendous need for parental involvement in the discipleship process. You know, a lot of youth pastors will talk about this particular issue where we say, you know, you know, why is there such a drop-off from the church? You know, the, the, the retention rate within churches of people who have grown up in the church and then continue on in their walk with Christ. There, there's a, a massive drop-off there, and there's all kinds of ideas about why that is. Um, we actually did a study, though, of my particular congregation. It was very subjective. There's really no way to objectively pull out numbers on who's walking with Jesus and who's not. I mean, you, you can't see inside someone's heart. But we had a, a study that we did, and we found that when parents were involved in the discipleship process of their students, that 80% of those students hmm. were walking with Christ years later, and in, in, a, in a very obvious way. Again, subjective. We, we, we can't see inside their hearts. But um, that number on the national scale is something like 20 to 30%. And in our church, it was actually 29% as the, as the whole population. But when we had parents who were significantly involved in the discipleship of their student and were significantly involved in their spiritual formation, we had a, a massive difference there in the retention of those students as avid and active followers of Christ. And so that was a very, very major push for me. And at the same time, of course, my family was going through this journey with classical conversations, mm-hmm. and I was being influenced by the ideas inside the classical methodology, and BibleQuest came out of that. It, it is a classical approach that is very much centered on the idea of mentorship, um, particularly with parents, but we, we do it with large groups too. And so a big part of this BibleQuest deals with memorization. Absolutely. That's okay. where we start. Right. And the other thing I, I love about what it is you do aside from the fact that it might keep you from your work at IEW, which it does not. I do want to, I'm going to circle back to that, what you do for, at IEW, but I do want to just mention this idea of games and memorization. It's like, wow, we should have someone who works for us, who loves memorization and who loves games, because that's what Andrew does. And then you come along and say, hey, I love games and we do memory work and we said you're hired. So that's pretty much how it went down, right? Kind of how it went <laughs> Something down. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that you're a project manager for us, and one of the, well, a couple of the projects that you've helped oversee is Dr. Webster's Outmatched Games. So there's ancient history and medieval history, and you helped get that project from the brains of Dr. Webster into a box. And now there's this wonderful card game, eight decks of cards and lots of great facts and lots of fun playing to memorize these facts. And so is Bible Quest 
somewhat set up that way too? It's not set up exactly like the way that Outmatched is set up, but we do have many of the same values that Dr. Webster would agree with in his uh, pedagogy there and in the way that he's teaching. You know, and I, I, I do think that games, it, it, it very much strikes me that games are uniquely positioned in the educational process and they're uniquely formed in that you know, educational process as being the best context for educational games, for great educational games. You know, when you're talking about um, the path of inquiry and, and great questions, those are vital to an excellent education, right? But those same activities that, in, that include great questions aren't necessarily game-friendly. I mean, how do you score a great answer to a question, right? <laughs> I mean, like, that's, that's not really... It shows great insight and so on and so forth, but that's not really a game-making material. Uh, by the same token, application of information, or what maybe we would call rhetoric, or the presentation of that material, you know, that's, that's a very good uh, fodder for simulations and for maybe other rhetorical action, but, but those kinds of things are not inherently game-like mm. at their core. Memorization, I can score that, mm-hmm. right? I can, I can objectify that. Methodologically, memorization makes so much sense when you include it in the context of games. Okay. So how would you do that? Um, with Bible Quest, we don't, we don't have games specifically, except when we're reviewing things. So we, we actually have some resources that we utilize um, on the front end that we can then use for review. So we have a card game that comes with that. It's, it, they're, they're review cards. Um, and we have oh, probably 18 different kinds of games uh, that, that you can play with those. Anything from kind of the simple stuff like memory to much more advanced things, more akin to Clue, that mm-hmm. you can utilize with a range of, of ages to talk about biblical information. And so, um, you know, for instance, like when we're talking about King David and we're talking about, you know, the fact that he you know, fought Goliath, you know, those kinds of factual pieces of information are included on those cards, and there's ways of reviewing that with the students. And so we use games a lot for um, mastery of those kinds of things. I think there's lots of ways of making memorization magical. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, as I, I, I really like, when, I, when I'm around a lot of younger kids, I really like to utilize um, several tools that, that I, I find very, very helpful and very, very practical to make memorization a, a, an enjoyable experience for everyone. I mean, because mm-hmm. you can make memorization boring, right? I mean, you could totally do that. I think there's no end to the number of resources that are out there that make memorization absolutely bored out of your skull, never want to do this again, horrible, <laughs> right? But I prefer to not use those. Okay. I prefer to not make it boring. So, for example, uh, when we're teaching specifically Scripture directly, uh, we use a lot of songs. Okay, so Bible Quest uses a lot of song. We have recorded songs that uh, have Scripture verbatim in them, mm-hmm. and we, we use a prompt to, to bring those out. But when we're singing those songs, that, that music helps to encode that information into the student's mind very, very quickly. For example, we utilize a song uh, that is based off Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Sure. Okay. Now, I don't particularly care if you remember the words to Row, Row, Row Your Boat. If I substitute those terms that are normally in the lyric for that song mm-hmm. with things like, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1-1. I don't care that you don't remember Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Right. But it's much easier to remember that verse when you've set it to music. Sure. And especially when it makes sense lyrically and when it makes sense 
inside the context of that melody. And so we, we, we spend a lot of time trying to make sure that they fit in there well into our music. And so um, we'll use that on the front end. Singing is very good. There is a disadvantage to singing, of course, that when you, and I talked to Andrew about this, I was, I was, we were kind of hashing back and forth some ideas about memorization, and, and he said, you know, music is uh, a bit difficult because if you memorize things, your music, yeah, you can memorize it faster, but then how do you extract it? It's the ABC song, right? I mean, right. like, I still sing the ABC song <laughs> right, in exactly. my head, not out loud, um, <laughs> when, I, when, I'm trying to, when I'm trying to alf- alphabetize things. But, but it's in there. And, and it was very, very helpful when I was three and didn't know the nuances of what an M was mm-hmm. for me to have that in the right order so I could then learn to read. I mean, we do this. We use memorization throughout our culture all the time. And when it matters, the Western world still memorizes, right? Mm-hmm. ABCs, one, two, threes, days of the week you know, months a year, used when it to matters. Be, it used to be phone numbers, but now we don't have to do that anymore. We can just tell Siri to call someone and Absolutely. they don't have to know the numbers anymore. <laughs> you know, for years I resisted getting a smartphone and I was still that guy <laughs> that memorized numbers. I'm no longer that guy. I, I, I capitulated. So, um, But so we, we do a lot of song. Um, a lot of things, we'll do a lot of kinesthetic action, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. acting it out, mo- you know, motion. Um, again, it's the same kind of thing that it, that it helps with recall for the student when they do a lot of great motion. Um, you know, for instance, in that, that same song, in the beginning, we, we, we point up in the air, you know, uh, in the beginning, God, we point up in the air, say, God created the heavens. We, help, we hold both of our hands up in the air mm-hmm. and the earth. We make a circle above our head, you know, and mm-hmm. then we say one, one, we have, you know, one finger on each hand and we say one, one. Okay. Right. And, and, and that kinesthetic motion it's going to help to encode that information to the brain. It's going to help with recall as I'm reviewing that over and over again. And then, of course, once that sublimates, mm-hmm. once that goes into the mind and becomes automatic, I can recall that without doing the actions on the outside. Although, I do find personally that I still twitch my fingers or twitch my arms a little bit because <laughs> I'm remembering that kinesthetic action. But it is helping me to recall that. Yes. I, I, it is irresistible at this point for me not to mention the topic clincher rule. Because that's exactly what we're doing there with the topic clincher rule. The topic sentence and the clincher sentence must repeat or reflect two to three keywords. And, you know, I can't hardly do that without moving my hands like I just did right now. <laughs> you just did it right now. Yeah. But it's, it's very helpful. And, and students need to know that. And it doesn't really matter if they're young students mm-hmm. or they're much older students. The, the, the problem comes in with teenagers specifically is they might feel a little bit silly you know, doing some of those actions. What I tell them when, I, when I've done this with the older kids, I, I say, listen, I'm going to show you how this works. You don't have to do this in public. Okay, don't do this in public. No, that's like socially unacceptable. No, but, <laughs> but, but you know, go into your room, close the door, and, and you can do this. When it really matters and you need to memorize something, let me give you some tools to do that. And so that's one of the tools that we utilize. Um, another thing that we, you know, sometimes it just goes down to just good old-fashioned, just saying things over and over again. But even when we do that, when, when I'm working with students and, I, and, I, and I'm helping them to memorize, even when we do that, I still like to add voices, right? And different ways of, of modifying the voice because, again, that makes memorization magical. You know, the, the idea of, uh, you know, making it super fast or super, super slow, you know, adding emotions. You know, anyone can do these things. You know, I, I can say it angrily or I can say it happy. I can say it. I can say moms love it when you whisper. Yes. Okay, everyone. We're going to whisper this together. <laughs> you should do this at home. Mm-hmm. And mothers just love that for that moment. And then, of course, if you do, if you do loud voice, the, the mothers don't love you as much anymore. Um, That's I, not true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, if you're able to, and you, and you can do funny voices, 
For instance, I love doing a 49er. Okay. You know, that's, that's something I can, but I, I enjoy, like a lot of, my wife and I have identified, I don't know, 36 voices or something that I do. Not everyone has that, but if you're able to do some of those funny ones, kids just dig that. They just love it. Um, and they, they, they try to do the same, and it's ridiculously cute, and of course, that's, <laughs> that's fun for me. So, um, And of course, one of the ways that we can help with memorization in general is just in, increasing the environment's capacity to review that information with children. Mm -hmm. We have this awesome opportunity with current technology to be able to listen to songs, to poems, to scripture, to, to these things that we want to incorporate into the minds of our students mm -hmm. over and over again. And that's really, really beneficial. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's the right use of technology. Mm -hmm. I don't use technology for a lot of things, but there are, it does have its place. And that's, that's one place where it's very, very useful. Right. So Nathan, those are some really helpful suggestions of how to help students, children memorize. Do you have any, do you have any other thoughts to share about why this is so important and in what context? Yeah, sure. I do recommend actually, as, as people are putting together information they want their children to learn. You know, sometimes curriculums or plans, or, or and Bible Quest does this, we, we actually give a, a, what we call a big Bible story song. Right, mm -hmm. it's kind of like it's kind of like the ABCs, but for biblical chronology, and and by doing a an overarching kind of content like that, uh, ours, you know, creation and the Garden of Eden, the fall of man, Noah and the flood. We we, we go through this whole thing, mm -hmm. um, and and there's several programs that do that, by the way. I mean, we're not the only ones that do that, and 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 other programs have varying degrees of of detail and so on and so forth. And, and you, you just kind of need to make a decision what works for you, but um, by providing that kind of an overarching content spine, if you will, a, a backbone to the other information you're going to be learning, it allows for students to be able to append that other information they might learn to that. For example, in our, in our particular system, we actually don't talk about Balaam. Okay, he's, he's the guy that, that uh, there's a talking donkey in that particular mm -hmm. narrative. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so that may be familiar to, to some of our listeners. But, but in, in talking about Balaam, um, we don't talk about Balaam in our system, but we do have this idea of desert wandering. There's this time of desert wandering. Mm -hmm. And that scripturally is this time you know, between the, uh, the, the Egyptian period and, and the Exodus until the children of Israel entered the promised land in force. You have this, this time period, you know, desert wandering. And if a student later learns about Balaam, they may never, never learn about it in Bible Quest, right? But if they learn about Balaam later on, they can append that into that point in that right. larger... The wandering portion. Yeah, this yeah. big Bible story song. And so now they have an instant context from Moses to Jesus. Where, how, how does Balaam fit into this larger story of God's Word? And so that's why we provide that. Um, Classical Conversations has an amazing 13-minute long timeline of history. It's this ridiculously long and, and pretty amazing song. And of course, it goes into all of world history. I mean, it's, it's much more... It has a much larger scope than what we do. We, we, you know, we're much more focused than what we do. But, but it's the same idea. You know, you're able to then append anything you learn into that timeline and have an instant context on where it fits in the, the grander history of the world. Nice. I do have one more thought, if I may. I think memorization has some incredible benefits, and, and there's, there's many of those. I do recommend uh, Andrew's talk uh, by heart, The Goodness of Memory. Mm -hmm. That's a fantastic talk. Also, uh, his kind of trademark talk, Nurturing Competent Communicators, is incredible. There's some, there's some great material, and they're not only in understanding how linguistic development 
uh, can be brought to bear in the education of your child and, and really the, the ease and the importance of that. But he also talks a great deal about memorization and memorization of language in particular. And of course, I would extend that and say specifically memorizing scripture. I mean, that's, that's where I'm going to go and, and biblical information. But when we talk about benefits, there's, there's one benefit that I've seen that I think is maybe not often talked about, and that is the idea of the mitigation of boredom. Um, so often people don't like memorization because they say, well, that it's going to drill and kill. It's going to destroy motivation in the student. It's going to eliminate creativity. Andrew deals with the creativity side very well, by the way. You should totally listen to those talks. But there's also this other side that if you memorize things, if you have things that you're ready, recall, then when other people talk about those things, you have a context to enter the conversation. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you consider like quantum mechanics, I don't know a lot about quantum mechanics. Maybe some of our listeners do. I, I don't know. Insert whatever <laughs> complicated thing you want here, right? If, if someone had a conversation about that and I didn't know what they were talking about and they're using these great big words and, and very, very, you know, specific information, my eyes are probably going to glaze over. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not the only cause of boredom, but, but it is a fairly major cause of boredom. And, but if I have information in my head about quantum physics, right? This, this, this maybe deeper information or maybe some definitions or maybe some of the people who are involved in it and what they thought, I can at least enter that conversation. I at least have some context with which to disseminate the information that's hitting my brain. And my eyes don't glaze over right. nearly as badly. You're much more interested in the conversation. Absolutely. So there's an irony here, right? There's an irony that, that memorization is a thing under attack by many people in maybe progressive education, Okay. Uh, and they, they attack it for being dull or, or boring, but it's, it's kind of ironic because it's one of the few things that can undo the dreary boredom of the classroom. Yes. If, if, if students understand and they have a great knowledge base for something, mm -hmm. it's more interesting. I can just envision Johnny squirming in the pew because he's not really attentive to what, you know, pastor is saying if he didn't have the history of, say, David and Goliath. But now... If he does, wow, he's riveted. He's more, he's more interested in what the message is about. So, Absolutely. yeah, that's right. I can, I can definitely see that. So your product, I know that this is a family adventure and venture that you and your wife and your four children have probably spent some time putting together boxes and collating and just like Andrew started all those years ago. But now you have partnered with ChristianBook.com. And they're now carrying your product. They so are. they're saving you some time, and you don't have to do as much shipping of this product. So where can people find BibleQuest if they're interested in looking at your curriculum? Sure. Well, uh, as you've mentioned, ChristianBook.com does carry us. Uh, we are looking at some other resellers. Um, you can also go with us directly at mm -hmm. BibleQuestClassical.com, all one word. And uh, that's our, our gateway into our, our website, and you can, you can check us out there as well. Great. Well, Nathan, as always, it's been a pleasure chatting with you whether you're helping me with some ginormous project or just sitting and having a conversation about what's near and dear to your heart. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcasts. 
Until then, on behalf of Andrew Poudoua and the team at IEW, I thank you for the privilege of allowing us to partner with you on your journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking.